Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. If we're being honest, we can all relate to letting ourselves think way too much about the worst case scenario possibilities and most dreaded concerns that we have when we're going through a divorce. You know those quiet moments when you run these pictures over and over in your mind and feel like you've been punched in the gut. We know we aren't helping ourselves, but sometimes you just can't help it. Now, what happens when these worst case scenarios actually end up happening in your life? Dealing with these moments in reality can be a challenge, especially if you want to attempt to do so with grace and maybe even a smile on your face. Our guest today, Jackie Pilosoff, is the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorce Girl Smiling, a website dedicated to providing support, resources, and a dose of laughter to anyone separating, divorcing, or living a life after a divorce. Jackie is also the author of two novels, Divorce Girl Smiling and Free Gift with Purchase, and she writes a weekly dating and relationship advice column called Love Essentially. Jackie is here to offer some real talk about those gut-wrenching moments, what they're like, how to get through them, and maybe even how you can find your way to laughter. Jackie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Jen. Thank you. I'm excited to have this chat. We're going to try to bring a little bit of levity to, you know, some of these dreadful scenarios, these dreadful moments that just occur. So... I would love to start out, though, by you sharing yourself with our audience and just telling us about your story and how you found your way to focusing your passions in the divorce world. Okay, well, um, I led a pretty great life, uh, really, really blessed my whole life and got married and had two kids and Uh, When they were still pretty little, they were three and five, I found myself going through a divorce. And if you ask me why, there's many, many reasons. But the bottom line is both of us were really unhappy. We had tried couples therapy. We really didn't want to be divorced. I mean, nobody does. Mm -hmm. But the marriage became so much about bickering and unhappiness and issues that we just couldn't solve, that divorce was the best option. And it's so sad to me still, because my parents were married for 58 years. And you know, nobody expects that they're going to be divorced. So it was very traumatic and heartbreaking for me. And at the time, I was 41. And I didn't know one person who was divorced, none. I was the only person in my quiet, perfect little suburban community. And I really felt like I was on an island and I didn't have any family here. So it was a really difficult time feeling isolated with two kids and not having anybody to talk to. 
And I think the reason why I ended up starting Divorce Girl Smiling is because I didn't want other people to feel that way. And I feel like when women and men also who are in a similar situation can connect and talk to each other and feel like they're being validated and heard and understood that they can get through the divorce so much easier. Absolutely. So I started a site and then I got some partners who are wonderful resources for people who are going through a divorce also. So Divorce Girl Smiling is basically me talking about different issues in divorce. I have other contributor writers and then I also have great resources for people, you know, divorce attorneys and therapists and Worthy, a place that is a company that buys back rings. And so it's all meant to support and help divorced men and women. And I love that because I think there really is, like you said, even if you do know people going through divorce, it really is a very isolating experience. But when you have, you know, somewhere that just kind of normalizes it for you a little bit, maybe just makes it just a little bit easier and just a little bit more, I guess, normal, it really makes a difference. Right. I'm not saying that my friends, my married friends stopped being my friends. They were wonderful. But they, I needed somebody who was going through what I was also. Yeah. And so when I started hanging out with a couple of divorced people in time, it was really a different connection. It didn't minimize my friendships with my married friends, but it was really a sense of comfort to have friends who were going through what I was. Yeah. And I wonder too, I don't know if you have this feeling that you can be around someone who's kind of chartered those waters before, you know, because it's such unknown territory. And so it, it just is a little bit comforting when you can be around people who, you know, have gone through it, they've survived it. Right. Fear is probably one of the worst emotions. Fear of the unknown, yeah. fear of every single aspect of divorce. And that's really hard to live with. It causes so much anxiety and stress. And, you know, that's really hard. Absolutely. I would agree that that is probably the top emotion for anyone going through this. So, right. Well, I love that you created Divorce Girl Smiling. It's great. And it's what I love about it is, like you said, I mean, it's it's a place where you can find many things, but there is this bit of community and levity. And I love that because we're in such a serious space when we're talking about divorce. And so I do, you know, anything that can lighten that up just a little bit, it's valuable. Absolutely. And when you add humor and just make light of things, brush the things that aren't really that important, kind of brush them aside. It's really, that's a healthy way to look at it at times. Yeah, absolutely. So today you and I are going to attempt to do that, actually. We're going to, you know, bring some levity so, to those dreaded scenarios that that can occur and often do when we're going through a divorce and, you know, maybe help our listeners be able to, you know, smile their way through it or do so with grace, maybe even learn some new techniques. But, you know, let's just chat about some of these scenarios that, anyone going through a divorce might have to face or their Mm -hmm. friend might have to face and they might have to support them through it and just, you know, just chat about it. 
Sure. Yeah. And I know you and I have been preparing for this. And I know you mentioned one that you hear the most. So let's start there. Okay. Well, there's several, but one of the main ones I hear is that um, I can't believe my ex is already dating someone. He already has a girlfriend and it feels like it's two minutes after you separated. Yes. And whether you wanted the divorce or your ex wanted the divorce, it doesn't even matter. It's like, wait, what? You're moving on. And for some reason, women get furious and they're so hurt and so angry and shocked. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I'm not really shocked because every guy I know who goes through a, a divorce has a girlfriend in like two minutes. And I guess that's just the nature, you know, it take maybe men, it's, it's easier for them to move on a little quicker when it comes to dating. I, I don't really know, but that's a very common scenario. That's a really big punch in the gut. Yeah. And I think part of it is, you know, as men and, and women, I think we deal with grief. We deal with transition. We deal with challenges in a very different way. Correct. And I'm not even saying a guy is doing anything wrong by having a girlfriend. I didn't mean it that way. It's just the way it is. It's just the way, like you said, that they choose to handle the situation. Maybe that's a a source of comfort for them and something to do. And they don't view it as that big a deal. Right. And then, you know, you have a woman going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he just did that. You know, how could he move on so quick? Maybe he never really loved me. Maybe he's been checked out for longer than I thought. And it it kills, it Mm -hmm. killed me. And looking back, my ex-husband wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, it's just that, I had a really hard time with it. It was like shocking to me. Yeah, it was. I went through it as well. And I remember that same feeling, that same feeling. But the good news is having that feeling makes you say, well, maybe I need to move on. Maybe I need to start dating. Maybe I need to get out there a little bit. And so maybe it turns out well for people. Yeah, absolutely. Like seeing it as an opportunity, maybe of kind of getting that push forward that you need. Right, right. And also, you know, this is what I want to say to a, a woman who feels this way and says, I can't believe my ex already has a girlfriend. I would like to say this. It isn't because they didn't love you or you were easy to replace or uh, they, they're looking to get married right away. It's, it's all about loneliness. Mm. And I think when two people are separated for a really long time, by the time the divorce is official, you've been alone for so long that some people are ready to date. They're even ready to date when you get separated because maybe you were feeling lonely for five years before you got separated. Yeah. So if the person is ready to date, it's really not personal and it doesn't mean they never loved you. It just means that they're looking for some kind of comfort in that way. And so it's really hard not to take it personally, but let him or her do what they need to do. And you focus on your own life and your kids and getting your own life together. I think that's the golden tip, what you just said. It's not personal. And there's one more thing. People fantasize 
in their head that their ex is now blissfully happy with this new person. Yes. He's going to be such a better guy. She's this new girl is getting everything he learned that he did wrong with me and he's going to be perfect. Well, guess what? He might do that for the first three to six months and then he's going to revert back to who he really is or maybe not, but yours is already over. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he's a better mate for someone else because of what he learned in the marriage, then maybe you're going to be a better mate for somebody who, what you learned in the marriage. Absolutely. It's, it's what's that saying? Comparison is the thief of joy, right? Yeah. It's like, don't rob your own joy by comparing yourself to somebody else. It's, you know, right. in this case, your right. ex, right? Very true. So, doesn't mean he's getting engaged or married, but that's another dreaded moment, right? When that <laughs> moment comes when he is getting engaged or married. Right. So I would love to tell a personal story because this will make anybody feel better and say, well, if she went through that, then I'd be fine too. Yes, please. I was at my son's basketball game. And I was sitting there with, and I was next to like one of the other moms and I kind of turned and looked at my ex's girlfriend and I saw this ring on her finger. So I turned to my friend and I said, is that a ring on her finger? (laughs) My friend just kind of turns around subtly, looks at it and she's like, maybe it's her grandmother's. And, you know, I was like, okay. I burst into tears. I was holding back tears the entire game. It was a terrible way to find out. Yeah. And I was just so heartbroken. And I don't really know why, but now I know why. It was because I wasn't happy in my relationship with who I was with at the time and maybe not happy with my life. And it felt almost like, where's the justice? Why does he get to live happily ever after? And I'm stuck. Mm. And that was so wrong to think that. What a bad way to look at things. But what a beautiful mirror that you saw, right? Like it was a terrible moment and the way you were looking at it, but it woke you up to that in some way. Right. Much later, I realized, you know what? Everybody makes their own happily ever after. And I eventually broke up with that guy. And I'm in a great relationship now and I couldn't be happier. And so I realized that I was just unhappy with myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, he got his happily ever after and I need to get mine. And I did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love those moments because they really do, when we're in them, they feel so awful. And when we get a little bit perspective, those are usually the moments that I think are the most transformative, right? Like they wake well, us up. I have say one good thing about divorce, it's those moments. Like you look in the mirror and you're like, wow, I'm like such a better person. I've grown in so many ways. I'm so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a single mom. I manage my own household. I got this great job. I've done this. I have good friends. I have, I like the person I am. And it's those moments that make you feel like, wow, you know, I'm lucky and I'm proud of myself. Absolutely. I agree. So Let's talk about the ring, right? Because I love where we're going right now, which is like really these feelings of being empowered, right? And being so worthy and so self-sufficient and 
And just, I think, doing things that sometimes we don't even imagine that we're capable of. And, you know, one of the things that we here at Worthy really stand for for women is them owning their worth and finding ways to really take back their lives and propel themselves forward. So one of those dreaded moments, though, is when you look down and you have your rings on your finger and you have to make some choices, right? Yeah. You know, I have to say I loved my ring. I had the most beautiful mm. <laughs> ring. And now it just seems like it's, I still think it was beautiful, but it was a material item. And it takes a long time to break away from that emotion and what it stood for. And if yeah. you think about it, your ring was on your finger when your ex-husband romantically proposed to you. Your ring was on your finger when you danced at your wedding. Your ring was on your finger maybe when you created your child, you know? So think about like your ring is has been on your finger and it's really significant. And plus if, it, if, if you love the way it looks, it, it's very, very sad. But all that said, I just wrote a, a, a piece called A Really, Really Good Reason to Sell Your Ring. Mm. And the piece basically talks about, so my ring sat in a drawer for eight years. And had I had the wisdom to just say, you know what, I don't want to give this to my child. I mean, if some people do want to do that, I would never tell anybody not to do that. But I knew I didn't want to give it to my child. Right. I let it sit there. And the mistake I made is if I would have sold it, I could have been investing the money. And so the piece I wrote talks about how much you would have, different scenarios. And it's really interesting because then you can help your kids in college or anyway, uh, I believe that financially it's a good move. I also think selling a ring is liberating and empowering and makes you feel like, okay, now I can even move on even more. It's just like one less thing. And I would highly recommend Worthy. They have been a partner of mine for almost three years, maybe two and a half years. And I, I think the world of their process and their integrity and what they do. What's nice about Worthy is you don't have to sell your ring if you don't get the price you want. Exactly. You dictate the price. And then if they say, well, here's what we're offering, you don't have to take it and they'll send you the ring back. Yeah. Nice. Worthy.com is the site. Exactly. And I too had a very similar experience where I let it sit. I let it sit. I let it sit. And eventually I remember looking at it and just the weight of the energy that it holds. Cause like you said, it really does hold all of your memories and all of that energy. And when I chose to finally sell it through Wetworthy as well, I remember feeling so like the sense of freedom and just this huge gift I'd given to myself and to my child, as you said, because like you said, I was able to use that toward our future and creating new memories. Right. But the thing is, you really have to be ready. Like I would tell people, oh, go do it. You'll be so happy. 
it has to be a sure thing in someone's mind because you never want to regret it. But I don't really know anybody who ever sold their ring and then regretted it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And But you're right. You have to get there. It's a process. It's definitely a process. So I'm going to take a really quick break here. And when we get back, let's start talking a little bit about dating and some of the those worst dating moments that we're going to get through too. So sounds good. We will be right back with more from Jackie. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Jackie Pilosoff, and we are talking about those dreaded moments come to life when we're going through a divorce. And now let's jump into dating and getting through some of those moments, because let's face it, we're back in the dating world and probably a little out of practice and uh, things have changed. (laughs) So, yeah. So let's talk about some of those. So when you say things have changed, let's list what's changed. So the way you meet someone has changed. Yes. Now it's all online sites, apps. Uh, Your body has changed. You know, maybe you're older and you've had kids. Your, Your whole outlook on dating has changed. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I was much more mature and much more confident in myself dating as an older person. So yeah, very different experience. And and the other thing is you're not looking to get married. You're not like, well, you know, when I was single, I was thinking, well, is he husband material? Well, after you get divorced, you're not so much thinking that. Right, exactly. And I think communication style has changed too, right? With, you know, I don't think people are, are calling as much. There's like a lot of texting and and you know, that kind of communication, which seems to be acceptable. Yep. So for me, it was terrifying, but it was exciting too. I remember the first time I kissed a guy, I felt like almost like nauseous. (laughs) (laughs) But I also felt at the same time, I felt really excited, like, Oh, well, you know, okay, I'm a guy still wants to kiss me. This is cool. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So made you feel young, like life isn't over yet. I I actually wanted to kiss someone. That's a good sign. So um it's really kind of conflicting feelings. Right, exactly. You know. Absolutely. And so did you do the online? Stuff? You know, I actually never did because that was 11 years ago. And okay. I did. I dabbled a little bit in it, but I was set up. I do want to talk about Tinder and Bumble and apps and Match.com and that we can talk about that. But I truly believe that meeting people through work, through friends is a great way to meet people still. And I, 
I hope people don't minimize it. I think that setups are great. Mm-hmm. Friends of friends, your friends, husbands, coworker, you know, your um, woman who does your hair's cousin. I mean, like those connections to me feel very safe and they're better quality because the people know you. It's not so blind. So I would I would say don't discount meeting people through setups and don't say no. Agree to things. If somebody says, hey, I want you to meet my friend. Yes. Say yes. Yeah. And take the risk of telling people, hey, I'm dating if you know anybody. Right. Right. Because sometimes people don't want to overstep a boundary or invade your own process. So letting people know, you know, I'm I'm dating and I'm open to meeting people. So I also just heard um, somebody just commented on my group Facebook page and said, also, nothing bad ever comes from going out on dates. So if you get home from a date and you're thinking like, Definitely not. I knew in the first five seconds that I would never kiss him and he isn't for me. What's wrong with making a new friend? Mm-hmm. Because that guy has friends. That guy could become a good friend. That guy could teach you something that you didn't know or turn you on to like a museum that you did, never thought of going to or just make you laugh. There are so many benefits just to meeting people without an agenda of he has to be my next boyfriend. I agree. And I think that that's when dating became fun for me. When I went into every date thinking, what am I going to learn from this person? How am I going to grow? You know, who am I going to meet as a result? You know, maybe this will be more than that, but maybe it won't. And that's okay. And then it became fun because I don't think there's ever a time, even on the worst date, that I didn't at least learn something. Right. And and who cares? Right. Why do you have to find husband number two right away? I did go through that phase where I was looking for husband number two and mm-hmm. it was faster. I agree. Me too. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and you know, it's so empowering when you realize you don't need a husband. Men and, or, and women and romantic relationships are, should just be an added benefit to your own life. And yes, it's really nice to have a partner and to share your life with somebody, but it needs to be the right person. And if it isn't, you can be perfectly fine by yourself. Once I reach that point, I'm at the love of my life, I swear. Yeah, because it's a different energy when you're looking to meet someone from a space of like overflow and abundance and like fullness, as opposed to like spots of emptiness or, or need. It's a completely different right. energy. Or how about financial need? Yeah. Or you, want, you, know, you want somebody to take care of you or you just don't want to be alone or you want your kids to have like another father. Yeah. Bad, bad reasons. The only reason to get into a romantic relationship after divorce is for love. Yeah. Period. I agree. Amen to that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the internet stuff, because I know that most people are, you know, on these dating sites and, and relying on them, you know, to, to really try to connect with people. Right. And I've heard so many horror stories, but I've also heard stories of people who fell in love on these sites. It's Mm -hmm. happening. It's a definite great way 
to meet people. But I always say it's sort of like shopping at Lowman's. Remember Lowman's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know Lowman's, it was my first job that I had when I was 16. And it was a store that had, um, it was like Nordstrom Rack, where they had all of these clothes and you had to really weed through the clothes. But in that rack of 150 crappy things that we were like sifting through, there was one great thing that you ended up having in your closet for 15 years. Yes. <laughs> you know? So that's kind of how I feel about those dating sites. You have to be patient and you have to be willing to sift through all the uh, not so desirable members. I love that analogy. That's so true. There's always that gem in all of the mess right. in Marshalls or Lowman's. <laughs> right. You're, they're out there. People say to me, um, like, oh, there are no good guys out there. You know what? I do believe that um, there are many, many good, good men out there who have it together, who want monogamy, who want to meet people. And there's a lot of real jerks too. Yeah. But there are some really good guys. You know, and there's something to be said too, I think about the attitude, you know, like when you're, you're coming from this place of scarcity, that's all you're seeing, you know, but if you're coming from this place of there are good men out there, there, you know, there are good people, then you're seeing through a different lens. Right. And the other thing is a lot of women settle. And I don't mean when, you know, people talk about settling for like, you know, the kind of nerdy guy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about settling for something that isn't really right for you. Mm hmm. And saying, well, you know, I'm divorced and he's good to me and he's nice and he makes good money. No, anything short of I am madly in love with this person. I trust this person and I really like spending time with him. Anything short of that, it's not right. Yeah, I agree. Especially you've gone through a divorce, right? You've, you've, you've chartered this, this difficult situation, this challenging life experience. And it's like you're, you're, you're icing at the end of, you know, on the cake or whatever is epic love. Right. You know, it's like, you deserve it. You deserve it. And if you, if it doesn't, if it's not right, you're, you don't have to settle for it. Yep, exactly. Cause the last thing you want is another divorce. And it's, I think I read the latest statistic was 72% of second marriages end in divorce. Yeah. I think the reason why is that there are so many people that go out there and look for husband or wife number two way too quickly. I agree because it seems as though if there is some time and space allowed, the second marriages would be more successful because I think you really know yourself better and what you're right. desiring in a relationship. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been awesome. I mean, we're coming to the end here and I know there's so much to chit chat about when we talk about divorce and everything that's going on, but what advice would you give, you know, for women that are going through it, that are possibly going to have to face some of these scenarios we talked about that are going to be dating. Well, I'm going to give three tips. Okay. okay. The first tip is be patient. 
because a divorce takes a really long time, much longer than we all want it to take. You know, your lawyer's on vacation, his lawyer's on vacation. When's this thing going to be final? Mm-hmm. Be patient and realize it's going to take like a couple of years. That's just what it is. But know that going in, maybe it'll be shorter, but just be prepared and don't settle for anything just to get the divorce over with. Yes. Like these are decisions that you have to be really smart about. The second tip is don't stop living your life. You know, going through a divorce seems like a roller coaster of chaos, but don't forget that your kids are only going to be young once. So enjoy them and do fun things and go on trips and live your life day to day and have so that you can have a good quality of life. And, you know, the whole center of the universe is not your divorce, Mm. even though we all think it is at the time. Yeah. I like that. And the third tip is be kind to yourself and love yourself don't be too hard on yourself. You know, do things for yourself. Get massages. Get together with friends. Let yourself cry in private or with, with friends, not in front of your kids. Love yourself and, you know, work on what you need to improve. Yeah. All we can do is keep trying to grow and be open-minded enough to have self-awareness of what we need to work on. Yeah. And I think that working on yourself is a form of being kind to yourself. You know, growth is is kindness. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. How can our listeners follow up with you or find you after today? Uh, So my website is Divorced Girl Smiling. It's divorcedgirlsmiling.com. And then I also have a group Facebook page where you can go on there, you can join, and then you can go on and ask a question and I can comment on it or any of the other group members might weigh in on it. And then uh, that's it. Can they access that page through your website? Yes. Okay. Perfect. There's a tab at the top and then also just through Facebook. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time and for this chat. Thank you, Jennifer. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.